Chapter Ten of the Peterkin Papers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melissa. The Peterkin Papers by Lucretia P. Hale. Chapter Ten: The Peterkin's Christmas Tree. Early in the autumn, the Peterkins began to prepare for their Christmas tree. Everything was done in great privacy, as it was to be a surprise to the neighbors, as well as to the rest of the family. Mr. Peterkin had been up to Mr. Bromwick's woodlot, and with his consent selected the tree. Agamemnon went to look at it occasionally after dark, and Solomon John made frequent visits to it mornings, just after sunrise. Mr. Peterkin drove Elizabeth Eliza and her mother that way, and pointed furtively to it with his whip, but none of them ever spoke of it aloud to each other. It was suspected that the little boys had been to see it Wednesday and Saturday afternoons. But they came home with their pockets full of chestnuts, and said nothing about it. At length Mr. Peterkin had it cut down and brought secretly into the Larkin's barn. A week or two before Christmas a measurement was made of it with Elizabeth Eliza's yard measure. To Mr. Peterkin's great dismay it was discovered that it was too high to stand in the back parlor. This fact was brought out in a secret council of Mr. and Mrs. Peterkin, Elizabeth Eliza, and Agamemnon. Agamemnon suggested that it might be set up slanting, but Mrs. Peterkin was very sure that it would make her dizzy, and the candles would drip. But a brilliant idea came to Mr. Peterkin. He proposed that the ceiling of the parlor should be raised to make room for the top of the tree. Elizabeth Eliza thought the space would need to be quite large. It must not be like a small box, or you could not see the tree. Yes, said Mr. Peterkin. I should have the ceiling lifted all across the room. The effect would be finer. Elizabeth Eliza objected to having the whole ceiling raised, because her room was over the back parlor, and she would have no floor while the alteration was going on, which would be very awkward. Besides, her room was not very high now, and if the floor was raised, perhaps she could not walk in it upright. Mr. Peterkin explained that he didn't propose altering the whole ceiling, but to lift up a ridge across the room at the back part where the tree was to stand. This would make a hump, to be sure, in Elizabeth Eliza's room, but it would go across the whole room. Elizabeth Eliza said she would not mind that. It would be like the cutty thing that comes up on the deck of a ship that you sit against, only here you would not have the seasickness. She thought she should like it, for a rarity. She might use it for a divan. Mrs. Peterkin thought it would come in the warm place of the carpet and might be a convenience in making the carpet over. Agamemnon was afraid there would be trouble in keeping the matter secret, for it should be a long piece of work for the carpenter. But Mr. Peterkin had proposed having the carpenter for a day or two for a number of other jobs. One of them was to make all the chairs in the house of the same height, for Mrs. Peterkin had nearly broken her spine by sitting down in a chair that she had supposed was her own rocking chair, and it had proved to be two inches lower. The little boys were now large enough to sit in any chair, so a medium was fixed upon to satisfy all the family, and the chairs were made uniformly of the same height. On consulting the carpenter, however, he insisted that the tree could be cut off at the lower end to suit the height of the parlor, and demurred at so great a change as altering the ceiling. But Mr. Peterkin had set his mind upon the improvement, and Elizabeth Eliza had cut her carpet in preparation for it. So the folding doors into the back parlor were closed, and for nearly a fortnight before Christmas there was a great litter of fallen plastering, and laths, and chips, and shavings, and Elizabeth Eliza's carpet was taken up, and the furniture had to be changed, and one night she had to sleep at the Bromwicks, for there was a long hole in her floor that might be dangerous. All this delighted the little boys. They could not understand what was going on. Perhaps they suspected a Christmas tree, but they did not know why a Christmas tree should have so many chips, and were still more astonished at the hump that appeared in Elizabeth Eliza's room. It must be a Christmas present, or else the tree in a box. 
Some aunts and uncles, too, arrived a day or two before Christmas with some small cousins. These cousins occupied the attention of the little boys, and there was a great deal of whispering and mystery behind doors and under the stairs and in the corners of the entry. Solomon John was busy, privately making some candles for the tree. He had been collecting some bayberries, as he understood that they made very nice candles, so that it would not be necessary to buy any. The elders of the family never went into the back parlor together, and all tried not to see what was going on. Mrs. Peterkin would go in with Solomon John, or Mr. Peterkin with Elizabeth Eliza, or Elizabeth Eliza and Agamemnon and Solomon John. The little boys and the small cousins were never allowed even to look inside the room. Elizabeth Eliza, meanwhile, went into town a number of times. She wanted to consult Amanda as to how much ice cream they should need, and whether they could make it at home as they had cream and ice. She was pretty busy in her own room. The furniture had to be changed, and the carpet altered. The hump was higher than she expected. There was danger of bumping her own head whenever she crossed it. She had to nail some padding on the ceiling for fear of accidents. The afternoon before Christmas, Elizabeth, Eliza, Solomon John, and their father collected in the back parlor for a council. The carpenters had done their work, and the tree stood at its full height in the back of the room, the top stretching up into the space arranged for it. All the chips and shavings were cleared away, and it stood on a neat box. But what were they to put on the tree? Solomon John had brought in his supply of candles, but they proved to be very stringy, and very few of them. It was strange how many bayberries it took to make a few candles. The little boys had helped him, and he had gathered as much as a bushel of bayberries. He had put them in water, and skimmed off the wax, according to the directions, but there was so little wax. Solomon John had given the little boys some of the bits sawed off from the legs of the chairs. He had suggested that they should cover them with gilt paper to answer for gilt apples, without telling them what they were for. These apples, a little blunt at the end, and the candles were all they had for the tree. After all her trips into town, Elizabeth Eliza had forgotten to bring anything for it. I thought of candies and sugar plums, she said, but I concluded if we made caramels ourselves we should not need them. But then, we have not made caramels. The fact is, that day my head was full of my carpet. I had bumped it pretty badly, too. Mr. Peterkin wished he had taken, instead of a fir tree, an apple tree he had seen in October, full of red fruit. But the leaves would have fallen off by this time, said Elizabeth Eliza. And the apples, too, said Solomon John. It is odd I should have forgotten that day I went in on purpose to get the things, said Elizabeth Eliza musingly. But I went from shop to shop and didn't know exactly what to get. I saw a great many gilt things for Christmas trees, but I knew the little boys were making gilt apples. There were plenty of candles in the shops, but I knew Solomon John was making candles. Mr. Peterkin thought it was quite natural. Solomon John wondered if it was too late for them to go into town now. Elizabeth Eliza could not go in the next morning, for there was to be a grand Christmas dinner, and Mr. Peterkin could not be spared, and Solomon John was sure he and Agamemnon would not know what to buy. Besides, they wouldn't want to try the candles tonight. Mr. Peterkin asked if the presents everybody had been preparing would not answer, but Elizabeth Eliza knew they would be too heavy. A gloom came over the room. There was only a flickering gleam from one of Solomon John's candles that he had lighted by way of trial. Solomon John again proposed going into town. He lighted a match to examine the newspaper about the trains. There were plenty of trains coming out at that hour, but none going in except a very late one. That would not leave time to do anything and come back. We could go in, Elizabeth Eliza and I, said Solomon John, but we should not have time to buy anything. Agamemnon was summoned in. Mrs. Peterkin was entertaining the uncles and aunts in the front parlor. Agamemnon wished there was time to study up something about electric lights. If they could only have a calcium light. Solomon John's candle sputtered and went out. At this moment there was a loud knocking on the front door. The little boys and the small cousins and the uncles and aunts and Mrs. Peterkin hastened to see what was the matter. The uncles and aunts thought somebody's house must be on fire. The door was opened, and there was a man, white with flakes, 
for it was beginning to snow and he was pulling in a large box. Mrs. Peterkin supposed it contained some of Elizabeth Eliza's purchases, so she ordered it to be pushed into the back parlor and hastily called back her guests and the little boys into the other room. The little boys and the small cousins were sure that they had seen Santa Claus himself. Mr. Peterkin lighted the gas. The box was addressed to Elizabeth Eliza. It was from the lady from Philadelphia. She had gathered a hint from Elizabeth Eliza's letters that there was to be a Christmas tree and had filled this box with all that would be needed. It was opened directly. There was every kind of gilt-hanging thing, from gilt peapods to butterflies on springs. There were shining flags and lanterns and bird cages, and nests with birds sitting on them, baskets of fruit, gilt apples, and bunches of grapes, and at the bottom of the hole a large box of candles and a box of Philadelphia bonbons. Elizabeth Eliza and Solomon John could scarcely keep from screaming. The little boys and the small cousins knocked on the folding doors to ask what was the matter. Hastily, Mr. Peterkin and the rest took out their things and hung them on the tree and put on the candles. When all was done, it looked so well that Mr. Peterkin exclaimed, "'Let us light the candles now, and send to invite all the neighbors tonight, and have the tree on Christmas Eve.' And so it was that the Peterkins had their Christmas tree the day before, and on Christmas night could go and visit their neighbors. End of The Peterkins' Christmas Tree Recording by Melissa